Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, 13 through 35, called All Hail Breaks Loose. Looking at the seventh plague, Exodus 9, second book of your Bible, all hail breaks loose. Exodus 9. We will have communion after the service as well, so I'm hoping that you all have the elements. And uh, we're going to pick up the account of Exodus 9 in verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, rise up early in the morning, Exodus 9.13, and stand before Pharaoh, probably again at the Nile River, and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. The purpose of God's demand is that they might worship and serve him, that they would get to know him, that they would worship him in spirit And in truth, for this time, I will send notice all my plagues on you. If you have a new King James, it says to your very heart and your servants and your people so that you may know there's a purpose behind what God is doing, that there is no one like me in all the earth. Bible sentence, it's important to note the word all because you're going to see there's an emphasis on this section. This is the longest plague section that we have in our Bibles, the plague of hail. This is the first time that we know for sure there was human death. And there's a warning that God issues. And he says, this time, if you have an NIV, I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people. So you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Now, Egypt was certainly uh, immersed with all these gods and goddesses. They had perhaps thousands of gods and goddesses that they worshipped. And one of the purposes of the plagues, God says, is that the people of Egypt would know that there is no one like the Lord. There is no God like him. He is the God above all gods with a small g. The Egyptians worshipped a myriad of idols. They had a pantheon of gods and goddesses, but they were nothing. They were false. They were made up. They did not exist. And if there was any power behind them, it would be demonic power. But there is no one like the God of the Bible. The word all, everything, is K-O-L in Hebrew, transliterated. It appears 12 times in the narration of the seventh plague. Even the word plague is plural. I will send all my plagues. There is an intensity, a pervasiveness about this plague that separates it from its predecessors. This plague of hail will get the longest treatment, but more plagues are ahead because we are going to meet locusts, darkness, and finally death before the people of Israel go free from the land of Egypt. It is interesting to note that in the New King James, it says, all my plagues will go to Pharaoh's very heart. And there's a Hebrew word here for heart. It's a single word. And, and uh, the Pharaoh's heart is at 
the core of a lot of what we will deal with today. So you could call this the hail and the hardening of the heart. And in some ways, the the hail, cold, uh, hard, and causing damage, and if you've ever seen pictures of hail storms in certain areas, they can cause some serious damage, is a picture of Pharaoh's heart. Hard, callous, cold. Uh, Not only is he damaging himself, but he's damaging his people. But he is becoming also a tool by which God will make his name and his uniqueness known. Great damage and death are coming to Egypt. And here's the question. What will Egypt do when all hail breaks loose? And I thought about that title for a while. Should I use it, Lord? And I got multiple confirmations that we were on the right track. And I will tell you that in the last year, I don't mean to beat this drum, but it does seem like all hail has broken loose. And it's been interesting to watch people respond to it, because as we read our Bibles, we know that even though this has been maybe as bad as we've ever experienced in terms of just the world and what it's gone through, certainly the world has experienced difficult times, and as we read our Bibles, there's certainly a last days scenario that is more difficult than this. And some of these plagues come up again or are mirrored in the book of Revelation. We don't want to miss the fact that God says that you may know that there's no one like me. God is making sure that people understand his uniqueness, that he is God. He alone is God. Psalm 78, 47 through 50 says, as Israel recounted the plagues in their songs and at Passover, God destroyed their vines, Psalm 78, 47, with hailstones and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hailstones and their, he- their herds to bolts of lightning. He sent upon them his burning anger, fury and indignation and trouble, a band of destroying angels. He leveled a path for his anger. He did not spare their soul from death, but gave over their life to the plague. Psalm 78, 47 through 50. And God says to Pharaoh through Moses, For if by now I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. NIV says, by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague that would have wiped you off of the face of the earth. And so God says through Moses that if I gave you your just desserts, if I gave you what you really deserved in the time that you really deserved it. You should have been gone already. I could have wiped you out long ago, Pharaoh. And it would have been right. It would have been perhaps even normal procedure for me to judge you on the spot for the way that you have treated my people, the way that you have enslaved my people, tried to kill the Hebrew baby boys, tried to uh, cause the destruction of my people or hold them in bondage. I could have wiped you out. And there is a sense of divine restraint here. Scholars say God is saying, I have held back what I could have done. And it seems to me that this principle does apply throughout the scriptures because God is patient. He doesn't give us what we deserve in the moment we deserve it because if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Amen? God is patient. He's not wishing or willing that any perish, but what? All come 
to repentance. The Lord is not slow about his promises as some count slowness. He's patient. And thank God that he's patient. Because some of you became Christians in the last year. And some of you in the last five or ten years. And even if it was the 70s or 80s or 90s or 60s or whatever it was, still, had Jesus come earlier, you wouldn't be in the kingdom. Had he not been gracious to you and me, I wouldn't be in the kingdom. And so this is not so much announcing what God is going to do, but what he could have done had he judged Pharaoh for what he deserved. And thank God that God is merciful. But indeed, for this cause, now here's the explanation I have allowed you to remain, you could say, I've not judged you fully yet. In order, here's the reason, to show you my power. And there's evangelistic purposes here to proclaim my name, noted Bible students, through all the earth. There's that word all again. Still, yet still you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. Now, there's something that we need to note here that God has allowed the Pharaoh to remain. He hasn't judged him fully, at least not yet, to show two things. My power, to make that clear, and that has been clear and it will continue to be, and to proclaim my name. There's a proclamation of God's name throughout all the earth. You could say God's glorious name. Later in the book of Joshua, we will hear that people in the caravans and in other nations have heard about the God of Israel. They've heard about his plagues. They've heard about the parting of the Red Sea. They've heard about the drowning of the Egyptian army in the sea. This has become known in the caravans and known to other nations. And one of God's uh, purposes, and this has been called like a proto-evangel, uh, that is a purpose of evangelism or to get the evangelism out is to make his name known throughout all the earth. This is why we have missionaries to make God's name known throughout all the earth. This is why we evangelize. This is why Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And so Pharaoh has been allowed to remain for God's power and the proclamation of God's name. There is one true and living God. He is in control. He alone judges, and he alone can save. Now, what we are going to see, and this is something that we've been kind of hinting at for a while, is that Paul picks up this idea of allowing the Pharaoh to remain in Romans chapter 9. So would you hold your place in the book of Exodus? Go all the way to Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 9. Chapters 9 through 11 in Romans are a treatment of what happened to Israel. Paul opens up with a lament and a prayer in Romans 9. He says that he has great sorrow and unceasing grief for his kinsmen. This is Romans 9, 1 through 5. Israelites, they have the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple services, the promises, whose are the fathers, and from whom is the Messiah, Christ, according to the flesh, whose overall God blessed forever, amen. But what happened to the people of God? Why is it that so many Israelites, or Jews, if you will, do not know the Messiah? And we find out later in Romans 9, 10, and 11, namely chapter 11, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, here's 
the rub. Here's the controversy. Here's the question. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. You know, since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on seven radio stations, one in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness, and also contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support has grown to nearly 35%, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you become a Walk in Truth partner, or can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? Please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-488-7884. 844-488-7884. One more time, 844-488-7884 or visit walkintruth.com. And Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. We find out later in Romans 9, 10, and 11, namely chapter 11, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, Here's the rub, here's the controversy, here's the question. With Israel, was it that God caused the hardening and unreceptiveness to the Messiah? Was it their own free will? Was it a combination of both? That's the question. And that's what people wrestle with. And Romans 9, 10, and 11 ultimately is seeking to answer that question Why is it that more of Israel has not trusted in the Messiah? How could it be that Jesus would come to his own, but many of his own would not receive him? But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believed in his name. Why is it that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were not jumping up and down the moment they heard that he opened the eyes of the blind or healed a leper or unstopped deaf ears? Why is it that they did not flock to Christ? Because they had other plans. Because 
There was power and position at risk because maybe there was an understanding of what the Messiah would accomplish and how he would look and what he would say and what he would do that didn't fit with their perspective. And so the, le- the leadership largely rejected him. And the people, even who lauded him as he came in on Palm Sunday, then you know joined as they had been spurred on by the leadership saying, crucify him. And Paul says these words. Look at Romans 9, 14. What shall we say then? There's no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For he says to Moses, Romans 9, 15, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs. And I want you to notice that the main emphasis is on God's mercy, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says, and this is in our text now, we just read it, for this very purpose I raised you up to demonstrate my power. Paul's quoting from the Septuagint version of the Old Testament, the Greek version. To demonstrate my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So then, he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens whom he desires. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who resists his will? On the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me like this, will it? And so we could go on there, but I want you to see that Paul has picked up this theological uh, reality of God's sovereignty. And it's been sometimes called God's sovereignty in election. And one thing that we will note here is that as we've watched the Pharaoh, we have seen that God said in Exodus 3.19, early on to Moses, that the Pharaoh is stubborn. He's going to resist. He is not going to let the people go. And so I'm going to do these plagues. And I want to read something helpful from a commentator named Stuart. He says, the irony of God's abrading of Pharaoh in verse 17 is that Pharaoh could not help himself any longer and yet well deserved the criticism he received that he was boastful and prideful back in our text. It was both his natural inclination to keep the Israelites suppressed and localized and the attitude subsequently fixed in him by God as a humiliation and punishment. Pharaoh's behavior mirrors the phenomenon described by Paul in Romans 1, 18 through 32. That of people being fixed by God in the sinful behavior patterns that would eventually bring about their destruction as a punishment for those very behavior patterns captured in the words God gave them over. I think at least three times in Romans 8, 1, 18 through 32, God gave them over, God gave them over. In other words, one of the ways God punishes sin is to allow the sin to continue and therefore allow it to take its natural destructive course. Behind this is the biblical truth, says Stuart, that people cannot rescue themselves from their own sin. They will always need help to break the patterns of sin in their lives. Pharaoh had long ago set himself against God's people and would not let them go. And he was still doing the same. God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart making him remain stubborn, 
serves as a punishment, although the action itself by Pharaoh is also called a sin. Back to Exodus. Now, I know that this is some tough sledding probably for all of our minds to try to understand the where human will and God's sovereignty intersect with these realities. What I will say is that from my perspective, here's what I can tell you generally speaking. God has given us free will. For example, when we are called on to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, I believe that that is a genuine call that God is calling us from our will to repent of our sin and trust in Jesus Christ. I will say this though, that the aggressor in the equation in my view, if we were to take a pie and we were to say what part of the pie is man's, it would be a small sliver of the pie, a small piece if you will. But I still think that man has a piece of the pie. God is the aggressor in the equation. Without his grace and mercy, we would never respond to the gospel. We would never come to him. Yet we are called to believe. We are called not to resist the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. To be willing to turn our lives over to his lordship. And it is more than just trusting Jesus as your savior and getting an insurance policy for heaven. Amen. You've been listening to All Hail Breaks Loose, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus, Chapter 9, Verses 13 through 35. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. You can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. If you live outside of Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, a message called All Hail Breaks Loose. Yes, indeed. It's the book of Exodus. This is Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael Lance. And you're listening to the plagues as we move verse by verse through the book of Exodus. And you might be thinking, is this the righteous anger of God, these huge hailstones? Yes, it is. And in fact, something like this happens in the book of Revelation as well. And this is God's judgment finally coming down on Egypt, which is a type or a picture of the world. And one day, the judgment of God will come on the unbelieving world. And it's depicted in the day of the Lord judgment, moving from Revelation 8.1 and the following chapters, and it ain't pretty, folks. It isn't pretty. Now, Jesus took the hail. He took the storm, the judgment of God at the cross so that we wouldn't have to fall under his judgment and bear the weight of it. And this is the good news of the gospel. This is the gospel we preach and proclaim. Do you know Christ? Because he is the way to escape the judgment that is to come. And that may not be a popular message, brothers and sisters, but it's a true message. And the Lord has judged the world previously by the flood. He judged Sodom and Gomorrah. 
and uh, he's going to judge the world again. And the best thing we can do is find ourselves under the safety or the shelter of the Messiah's wings. And his name is Jesus Christ. Do you know him today? He's a prayer away. Repent of your sin. Place your faith and trust in him as God, King, Lord. Repent today. Tell him you believe on that he died on that cross for you. That you believe in who he is, God the Son. That you believe that he resurrected from the dead and triumphed over death. And you want to know that life. Maybe you're a prodigal and you've been away for a while. It's time to come back home. Come back to the one who loved you so much. He spilled his precious blood for you. He is so faithful to save. If you need help with that decision, or if you want to tell us about what you did, we'd love to know and rejoice with you and make sure you got a Bible and somewhere to plug into a local fellowship. All of that can be done when you send us a message at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. We're moving through the book of Exodus. Hey, keep us in prayer. Tell a friend about what you're hearing, and we'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow for part two of All Hill Breaks Loose. God bless. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And thank you. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, 13 through 35, called All Hail Breaks Loose. Hi, Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.